Praise God. Amen. 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 Now, if we need to add more seats to the front row, we can. We can just curve them on around here. Amen. Praise God. So the call was for, I know. <laughs> That's right. Those who are in need of healing sit on the front row. God's already healed two people, so we... we so if he tells us to do more, we'll do more. <clears throat> Praise God. Amen. We can swing a seat around and do-si-do -si -do with a partner. <laughs> Nikki, you want to sit beside Tony? <laughs> right. He's... He says he's married, so whatever. Amen. Poor Nikki. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> see, so you see the power the power of God's here, right? can tell. Amen. So, I'm just going to anoint everybody that's sitting on the front row. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Be healed. 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 In Jesus' name. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Excuse me. <laughs> Be healed. Praise God. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. <laughs> Be healed. 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 And be healed. Whose seat is this? Be healed. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. But God is good. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. His mercy is everlasting. He's not willing that any should perish in any way. He doesn't want your healing to perish. He doesn't want your, your health to perish. And so we believe God for restoration of all things. All things belong to Jesus. He's the heir of all things, and we're joint heirs with him. So we have an inheritance in God. An inheritance is not something that you work for. Rolling it. An inheritance is not something that you work for. But an inheritance is something <clears throat> that has already been paid for for you. Amen. You ask Donald Trump, if his kids should worry about anything, and he'll tell you, absolutely not, I've made provision for them. Amen. And so it's the same way with the children of God. We don't have to worry about anything or really <clears throat> suffer any loss or suffer in any way because he's already made provision for us. Yeah. These things are written in his will, which is his word. The will of God is the word of God. And if it's believed, it can be received. It doesn't matter what you have tried and what you tried to get and what you tried to believe in the past. 
believe now for total restoration and total healing and you'll receive it some sometimes we spend a lot of time looking backwards you know where I, I did the word and it didn't help I did the word and you know or or I tried that and I tried that well you you don't ever quit on the word of God because God will deliver you got me he will deliver <clears throat> you can't put any you can't put a time limit on him and you can't put a time factor in this it's just you receive it you got me sometimes we hinder our receiving by putting so many different conditions and thinking about so many past things and why didn't it come quick I heard a testimony and somebody's came quickly well yours will come quickly too when it happens it's fast amen. you got me it is right in there amen I like the stories that Jesus would tell he said he would say things like um, uh, you know, when the when he healed, brought that little girl, that, that father, remember the dad that came and wanted her healed, and then the woman uh, interrupted his request, and, and the little girl died, and, you know, the people, the mourners were already having the after party. You understand when, when they got to the house, they were sitting up there eating, ready to have a party over this little girl's body. But when Jesus uh, rose her up, and he said, give her something to eat. Which means this, if, if, if God heals you and you can eat, that means that his is supernatural. If you get well in the hospital, what do they do to you? They don't give you no food, food. It's on bed rest, restricted, a li full liquid diet. If they throw up, give them, back them up and get, listen, I was a nurse. I did all that stuff. But if somebody is healed, they're hungry, they're normal, they're, everything is functioning properly in them and there's no convalescing period with God you got me so we have to learn how to expect the sudden and the immediate from God when he does these things just expect it and if you see where it's lingering you just keep expecting it because it's going to come sudden it's going to come immediate and it's going to come complete I was looking at a, a YouTube video. This young woman had brought her baby. Uh, she had an a eight-month-old baby, had been in a coma for six months. So she gave somebody the baby to take care of, and they shook the baby. And the baby was in a coma. And the doctors told them, don't take this baby out of the hospital. She took the baby anyway. How many of you know when you heard from God, nothing will stop you? If you let things stop you, you just keep... You keep hanging on to what's there. Sometimes people are stopped because they haven't heard from God, but this lady heard from God. Yes. See, there's a difference. Yes. When you heard from God, nothing can stop you, and you get there. We've had people tell us they, they came to the meeting, I've been looking at your website how long? Five years. I see me, it took you five years to obey God and get here. Just a thought. People who came up quickly got it fast. Uh, first one in the pool always that's right amen when you hear his voice you obey him but it was a miracle that this baby they it took they had a, a um, uh, they prayed for the baby brought her to this church in North Carolina there's a woman pastor and people just get up and pray in tongues and they're not ashamed and they worship God and they're not ashamed how many of you know when you get shame out of the game, God will show up and do something miraculous? Huh? You get freedom of worship in a place and people ain't worried about what each other is wearing and whose hat is the biggest and whose heels has got the 
You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. I mean, have real church, yeah. not this show. Amen. And that little baby, <clears throat> nothing happened for all of 25 minutes. The camera watched this baby. 23 minutes later, the baby, first thing the baby did was guess what? <laughs> Looking for something to eat. See, when you're healed, everything's normal. You yeah. hungry again, just yeah. like you were when you yeah. went to sleep. Wake up hungry, ready to, to go for it. And so these things are real, folks. If we will learn to stay with the power of God and not just get in for a minute and give God a minute and then unplug, and if it, nothing happens, we're ready to go on and, and watch some more television. You understand what I'm saying? Let's, let's give God enough time. Let's sit there like we know it's coming. You understand me? You sit there like you know you're waiting on something real. And don't give it a chance to pass you by for the umpteenth time. But sit there and expect it like it's coming and it's real. You got me? You got me? You're healed, Davis. You're healed. The enemy's trying to tell you that there's something, it's something else wrong. Well, they, the, the doctors don't know enough. But no, honey, you're healed. You got me? So just stand on that. And resist the enemy when these feelings come over you that you can't walk far or you, you're, you're out of breath. You just tell the devil, no, I am healed. And resist him and put up a good fight. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we put up a little a teeny fight. We got to put up a good fight. You know what I'm saying? I remember when I was in school, all of, why is it all the ugly girls pick on everybody? Because they get you in a good fight. They ain't got nothing to lose. They monk you up and they say, right, look at that long hair. Give me that long hair. Go yanking on it. Because they bald-headed. That's why they... <laughs> but they gave you a good fight, though, didn't they? Huh? Well, we're going to fight like ugly girls this time. Amen. We're going to fight like we got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Because that's the truth of God's word. That's the truth of God's word. That's the truth. That's what's true. This other stuff is a lie. You know, the devil give you symptoms of, I, you know, if I sat up and paid attention to symptoms, I'd have myself checked in somewhere. Because the older you get, the more you got. You know, I was sitting there, I, I, told, I told the Lord, I said, God, you know what? One day I'm just going to really sit down and get in the Word and get rid of all this stuff. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, if, if, if you can say that, there's faith working in you somewhere. You see what I'm saying? There's faith working in you. I know, God, I'm not afraid of, of something happening in this tent. In fact, I'm looking for it to shrink any minute supernaturally, but you know what I'm saying. We keep working with it. <laughs> but I was talking to the Lord. I got messed up in the, with the dentist, just went to get some teeth. I had a tooth that I needed attention on it. So I said, I'm going to see how long this bad boy is going to go without really messing me up. And you know that tooth was okay for five years. And then it started to bug me, and I knew it was God to go get, you know, take care of it and so forth. And I went in there and got busted on a, a blood pressure wrap. You know, I'm sitting there thinking I'm, everything's normal, like I'm 30 years old sitting up in the dentist's office. Here I am, 64. By the time I, they got rid of me, I was 65. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. What's up with this? So I don't know how some people can stand it. But anyway, you know, I, I told the Lord, I said, well, Lord, listen, just tell this boy to, to go do my teeth with this blood pressure up here. I said, and I will take care of it. You know, when I get home. 
<laughs> so he so he looked at me, he said, You don't look like you got high blood pressure. I said, Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so we went on and worked on my teeth. I told him, I said, Listen, I talked to God about where I'm gonna die and when am I gonna die, and this ain't it. Okay, I promise not to die in your chair and get you in trouble. That's all they care about. Don't care about you, they care about losing them little papers they got. <laughs> so I promised not to die in his chair. And so I started thinking about it. I said, God, you know, if I paid attention to symptoms, I wouldn't be sitting up here. And I thought to myself, I said, you know, if I'm not alarmed by my blood pressure, faith must be working somewhere. You understand what it is? It's either faith or stupidity. I ain't sure which one. But they kind of look alike sometimes. <laughs> so I believe it's faith. But I'm not in a hurry about, uh, you know, I'm not going to have no stroke. You understand? I know I'm not going to have no stroke. You that ain't on my agenda. That's not on my list for today. Stroke ain't on my list. I'm not going to lose no nothing because of, uh, oh, and blood sugar is another way. You know, if you, if you, you ain't got, y'all know you ain't got no blood sugar problem, skinny as you are. But you know, if you walk in the doctor's office and they see a little extra, well, we ain't gonna go like where it is, but you know what I'm talking about. They already gonna sign you up for some insulin and some of them. No, I'm not having that. And then they say, I was listening to Brother Stone's um, testimony. Watch for numbness in your toes and your feet. <laughs> so I said, no, I'm not gonna have no numbness in my toes and my feet. You understand what I'm saying? I don't receive that. I have a covenant with God that says he doesn't put disease on his people. Would you give your baby disease? Well, God don't give us disease. He said, none of them diseases. He said, you know who disease is for? That's for rebellious people because they don't have a covenant with me. He said, and I want them well. You know, if they'll turn to God, he'll heal them just like that many times. He wants everybody to have a covenant of health with him. He doesn't want anybody left out. And so disease is for lawless people. That is the penalty of the broken law without the atonement. But we have received the atonement. You've received the atonement. You can't have that and have disease too. You've either received one or the other. If you've received the, re the atonement, then you don't have disease. It's not for, you can't have both of them. And Jesus says, make up your mind. Choose you this day. How long are you going to halt between two opinions? Huh? And see, some of y'all don't go flat out with them doctors because you're scared of them. Because you know they ain't got good sense, not compared to Jesus. Huh? Well, and if that doesn't work, I got another pill I'm going to try. What? <laughs> That's what they tell you. You go out that door, they say, well, did you try this one? Huh? You don't try God. Huh? You don't try him. He's already proven. How are you going to try something that's proven already? You just receive what he has for you. We ain't trying things up here. You know, people say, well, God works through. No, God works through God. Amen. God works through his word. Amen. 
Now, if you want to re- you, if you, if you're in a place where you just have to have some natural something, you know, and you, your symptoms are bugging you, and that alleviates some of your symptoms, then have at it. But be trusting God to get you over completely. You understand what I'm saying? That's a man's decision to take the pill or to, to take whatever, take the treatment. That's a, a, a personal decision you make. But be trusting God because there'll come a day when that stuff won't work. Trust me. Or how would you like to have your body full of it and they recall it? Didn't them people, didn't they do that to them people with that vaccine or whatever that stuff? They, you look in the paper and you say, oh my goodness, I just had that shot. And it's been recalled. You can't recall the anointing. The anointing stands. It stands on its own. You don't have to recall God. On Jesus' worst day, he healed some headaches. You understand me? <laughs> we go to a town and people all religious and, and you know, worshiping Baal and doing a little Baal dance, you know. Baal, 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 Baal. You know, that kind of stuff. They ain't paying no attention to God. They don't and the Bible says he couldn't do many mighty is a liar. We have us a good tape here. <laughs> Amen. But he healed a few minor ailments. You know, a low-level anointing, a pocket change anointing. <laughs> his, his spare change after he bought a Happy Meal. That's what he used to heal them people with because that's all they wanted. You understand what I'm saying? We need to quit going for just feeling better. Huh? Isn't that what we do? When we feel okay, huh? Because then we know we can go run the streets, go spend as long as you can get out to the mall. Uh, you healed in your eyes. But God wants us 100% whole. You got me? One, we're his bride. How would you like it if, if your wife was capable of having uh, herself 100% well and didn't go for the cure? It would concern you. See, because you love her. And you know she can be 100%, but for some reason she's not wanting that. And so that concerns you. Well, it does concern God when we're not 100% as well. Because he's provided all of that for us. He died for us to not have to carry the burden of sickness and disease on us at all. At all. Not to just feeling better, but to being 100% healed and whole. Wholeness means that you have like this built-in immunity. There's like even a distaste for it. Like, uh-uh. No, that, that don't. You little kids. You know how little kids sometimes they, they want everything. Is, little girls will go through this. Their food has to be pretty and it has to look right. And if you give them something, they don't. That don't look, I don't, don't put that on my plate. I don't want that on my plate. Huh? 
That's the way we need to do to be about sickness, symptoms, and all forms of disease. Now, don't put that. I don't want that. That ain't for me. See, you'll do yourself a favor by refusing it. Even if you don't really 100% believe, just say it anyway by faith. Just refuse it. Huh? Just, you know, put that on hold over there. Huh? It's like a, a, a piece of, uh, say for instance, <clears throat> somebody brought you some food in a, our traditional white styrofoam box. Huh? And you opened it up and it don't quite smell right. Now you put it off on the side. You refuse it. You know, I never, not, let me think about that. You do the same thing with symptoms and illness. See, I ain't real sure. Yeah, no, I ain't taking that. Uh, uh, that don't belong to me. Anybody here old enough to, I'm not old enough myself, but. <laughs> Anybody old enough to remember a lady by the name of Lola Falana? She's a dancer. Extremely good dancer. Broadway dancer. And she could sing, and she was very, very beautiful. She would be in, included in the group with the Frank Sinatra group and the Johnny Carson group and the Rat Pack people. She was very, very highly esteemed in her profession. And one morning she woke up and she said her leg was numb. And she said it, 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 it would come and it would go, come and go. And it bugged her. And she said, I would think about it. And at times, it was like something would try and come over me and make me receive the numbness. And she is smart enough to figure that out. And she said, I talked to it. And I told it, you can't have me, whoever you are. She said, I belong to Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus when I was a little girl, and you can't have me. She's out there dancing in not much. But how many of you know your carnal weakness is never bigger than the blood of Jesus? The blood prevails. Huh? Trust me, if she had enough sense to know that thing was taking her illegally, she had enough sense to repent too in order to keep it away from her. And she said the doctors told her she had MS. And she said, I talked to that MS thing, and I made it leave me alone in Jesus' name. And she was never bothered with it, and she quit dancing. She gave her life to Christ. She does charity work even now. She's probably around 70 years old now. But she walked totally away from that because she saw the value that God saw in her. Instead of dancing and trying to make herself popular and be somebody, she finally realized her value and her worth. Because God came for her. That day when she resisted the devil, he came for her. And he came for her words and he backed her up. He said, yeah, she belongs to me. What she's doing with her life now is nothing compared to what I did for her. And I know how to get her right so she can leave for, live for me again. You understand me? So God knows how to get us together. All we got to do is stand on what he's told us. There are people who have been, been healed in bars by drunks, backslid drunk preachers. Even backsliders know how to keep a relationship with God. You listen to some people, what they say, and that will give you some... See, what we do, because we go to church, 
we gonna sit up and judge. Like God shouldn't be using. What you mean to tell me he is? Yeah, he do. And there's drunks that got healed by backslidden preachers that got off the stool and repented. You tell me the blood of Jesus don't cover everything. He saves to the uttermost. Think of the love of God to bypass all of that. You understand what I'm saying? The blood of Jesus looks past your iniquities, past your failures, past your sins, past everything. And he knows how to work on people to get them to repent. How you know when people is right with God or not? We just don't know. But see, we want to judge, and we can't get rid of a little lip sometimes. You know, it's just judging people. God wouldn't do this, and God wouldn't do Try him and see what he won't do to help you. If he'll help people like that, he'll certainly help us obedient saints who never do anything wrong. Huh? And get us to. Amen. Amen. You just got to let your faith flow out. See, those people are believing God. There was a, who was that preacher anyway, was backslid. He was in a bar drinking. Somebody like that. But he had a healing ministry. And there was a man in the bar on the stool next to him, fell off the bar having a heart attack. And the guy looked at him in the compassion of God. You see how strong God is and how strong he is on us and in us. The compassion of God rose up and got him out of his drunk funk, got him off that stool. He repented before God. God, I'm sorry, I'm here drinking and jumped down there, laid hands on that man. And that man was healed and got up and walked out of that bar. You understand me? Now, we don't have to go that far to get anointed. We just come to church and receive. You understand what I'm saying? But it, it, he saves to the uttermost. To the uttermost. He'll find you anywhere you are and use you. Many of you tried to run away from God. and God just got you back anyway. Amen? Get mad. Don't want to come to church on time. When you get here, you're looking funny at all. Everybody in. Hey, they ain't doing the thing right. Oh, if she come up to me today with that attitude, she gonna really get something. Ain't gonna get nothing, huh? Praise God. He even loves you through all of that, huh? I say, look at him, trying to lose me. You ain't losing me. And on top of that, I'm gonna cause you to love me and want more of what I have for you. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. We serve a great God. His mercy endures forever. His love is everlasting. We can't understand it. We're just trying to understand a little bit of it. You know, how can he love us and overlook all of our faults and our misgivings and still want to use us and heal us and, and have fellowship with us and listen to our complaints and listen to our praise and listen to our <laughs> testifying and testifying. Uh, he just loves all of it because he loves us with an everlasting love. This is a love that, that you, don't, you don't understand. See, we try to figure out... Well, see, I don't see how God could. And that's where you need to end the sentence and just say hallelujah and give me my shot of it, God. If you're blessing the hypocrite over there and you really love the hypocrite over there, then give me my portion. 
Because huh? I really love you. I'm just having an off day today, God. I'm just, you know, thinking about things I shouldn't be thinking about and giving too much importance to minute things, you know, that kind of thing. But just love on me some, God, too. Because just refuse to let that pass you by. If you know God to that death, refuse to let that pass you by and not have a portion of it. Always have your portion. God is your portion. You don't need anything else. You know, we go seeking here, seeking there, seeking. Just seek God. He's got it all for you. He knows where you're going to be tomorrow. He knows where you're supposed to be a year from now. And he's always ordained the best for you. Just nothing but the best. You know, people say things like, well, I don't need, I don't need. Well, God's not giving you according to what you need. He's giving you according to his word. God don't have no leftover Nothing to give his kids. Now, we believe for that sometimes because that's what we see. That's what you get by, for living by sight. Huh? If you start living by faith, you'll find out what he really has for you. And it will come in a vision inside your spirit. And you start thanking him for it. And pretty soon it appears and it blows your mind what God has prepared for us. Because we love him. Love will get you more than anything in this life. You live a life of loving people, forgiving people, not judging people, believing the best for everybody. I don't care if they rub you the wrong way. Believe the best for them because they're children of God. They belong to God. You live a life of loving God and you'll find out what he has in store for you. His great things in store for us. Because we love him and he loves, he first loved us. Loved us first. He did. While you were out in the street and popping and carrying on and thought you was all that, he loved you and brought you in. Huh? He showed you how bad a life that was. You thought it was everything. And he showed you what a, a pathetic life that was. And he brought you on in. And he still continues to love us all still continues to just like the first day that you met God he loves you even more with most people with human relationships after you've known somebody for a while the thrill is gone huh it is oh I don't know he didn't put on look at that three pants size is bigger than he was when we first he come telling me, baby, baby, I ain't going to get no bigger now. I know you like me like this. Everybody gets bigger. Trust me. Everybody gets <laughs> Come to your senses. <laughs> huh? But as, as, as a relationship continues, sometimes the love is lost. With God, it increases. He loves us more today than he ever has because his kingdom always increases the fruit of his kingdom increases the blessing of his kingdom increases he wants to do more for us over the years not less we shouldn't let what we expect from God diminish over time it should increase over time brother Summerall when he left this earth he had just started a new project for God 80 years old God gave him a new project to do. He told him to start feeding hungry Christians. Hungry Christians? 
Huh? Brother Summerall said, he told God, he said, God, I'm old. God said, I know it. So when God knows you old, you old. You understand? <laughs> the ancient of days calls you old, you old. And he told Brother Summerall, he said, you're just old enough where I can begin to trust you. He said, he said, God, give it to a younger man to do. I don't have as much energy. He said, I did that already and they stole the money. I need somebody I can trust. See, as we get older in the things of God, we should be more trustworthy. We should be more dependable, not less. We should be more energetic for the things of God, not less. Why is it when we get older in God, we think we know it all, we start slacking off? A trick of the enemy, you got me? You don't know half of what God has. He hasn't even revealed it to us yet. We get glimpses of it and we want to pass out. Huh? If he showed us the whole thing, we wouldn't be able to stand it. Huh? You wouldn't be, I remember there was a woman that came to one of our meetings. I never saw her before and never saw her since. But when she came up to the altar for prayer, I think she had broken a leg or something like that. She was limping on a crutch or on a cane or something. Do you remember her? And she came up and the power of God hit her when she came around that little corner and she started praying in tongues and ran out of the building. We ain't seen her since then. You understand what I'm saying? She just kept on going. I said, well, God bless you, sister. Good thing we got the offering before. No, I said, oh, cut it out. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Huh? <laughs> Some little wisdom, little preacher wisdom, in case anybody up here call. Oh, man, get the offering before they start, you know, all that stuff. No. <laughs> but to be honest with you, I think the altar call came before the offering that time. So, kept me honest. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. But God has had, He has these things for us, folks. Good things for us. All we got to do is let go of all of our reservations, all of your mental, well, uh, the reason I don't have, don't quit that stuff. Because you don't even know. You know, people say, well, see, the reason uh, I ain't healed yet is, uh, do you have a medical license? You know, we talking about all this medical and giving all these opinions and stuff. We ain't been in no school for nothing. Huh? Quit your reasoning. You have no, no reason to reason. You ain't got nothing up here to reason with on a good day. Start living a life of faith. You don't have to know much to believe God. Huh? There are people that built ministries. There was a man, <clears throat> he was a soul winner, great soul winner. And he said, really? I just read John 3.16 one day. And I was so taken with the truth of that, I went and I told everybody I knew. He won uh, uh, D.L. Moody. He started Moody Bible Institute guy. And he called himself the, the most, uh, what did they call him, something layman or something like that. He never considered himself to be a minister. He just said he got that scripture in him and he couldn't wait to tell people every day he got up till the day he died and could not wait to go out and tell people about the goodness, the saving grace of God. Amen? And so we have to know these things are for us. We have to grab onto them, amen? Not let the devil steal it because of reasoning. Don't let him take it away from you because we think we know, we think we got an idea of what's hindering something. 
You know, sometimes you can try to sound intelligent and be totally, totally stupid. Huh? When people came to Jesus for healing, nobody, he never told what a reason you have. He told nobody nothing. And he knows everything. It's not relevant to the case at hand. Amen? Your reasonings are irrelevant to what's going on in your situation. You should only speak relevant things. If you were in court and you tried to bring up some stuff like that and, and they, uh, uh, I object. Sometimes you need to object to your own thoughts. Huh? Well, see, if I hadn't went out the house today, it's only because you didn't have no money you don't go out the house. You get a little money in that bank and they can't nobody beat you back in that car out of that driveway. Huh? There is no reason, folks. What God does is beyond reason. You can't figure out the goodness of God. You can't figure out the mercy of God. Sometimes we can help people because we know the laws of God, but we apply the laws of God to get you healed and get you well and get your needs met. You don't apply the laws of God to stop somebody from getting something. How dare we? You know, we think certain people shouldn't have certain things. Well, you know, I work harder than they do. Well, praise God, it's not about hard work, is it? I mean, working hard, that's wonderful. And trust me, you sow seed to God and you will be blessed. But God is not judging how hard we work on something in order to bless us. Or how easy. Huh? If somebody's smart enough to figure out how to do something with ease, then let them have <laughs> their, <laughs> their larceny. I was, I was sitting there, I was... I was playing this, I got on this candy crush. <laughs> and I refused to pay 99 cents for five more lives and they just eat them up just like. I said, no, wait a minute. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm using the widow's might up here <laughs> on this little game. So Jasmine's sitting there playing hers and she done figured out how to steal them lives. I said, teach me. I said, these people ain't got enough of my teach me. Teach me. Huh? Why? God gives you a brain and understanding. I said, you just keep working at that because when you get old enough, they're going to be paying people buku money to do stuff just like you're doing. How do you think Bob Gates got started? They started by breaking into computer information that was already available and outthinking the people that thought that up. Amen? <laughs> so when God blesses you with a gift, you put it to use. Huh? That's the levers working on a little larceny right now. We can clean it up and get it. <laughs> but I want to see the gift working. You understand? <laughs> How'd I get over there? I don't have no Bible. I don't have my Bible with me right now. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. I was going to talk to you about chasing donkeys today, but we decided to have a healing meeting. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm going to read to you from the book of Matthew because there are a lot of healing stories in there and I love them because I know that God will do the same thing right now that he did then. <clears throat> I 
in Matthew chapter 8 here in verse 14. When Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid down and sick of a fever. Listen, God's compassion to work on your mean mother-in-law. <laughs> he saw her lying there sick. Compassion of God moves God to do extraordinary things. You can't, you can't legalize compassion. You understand what I'm saying? You can't do enough things right and enough things good to buy that. It's a byproduct of life with God. It's a byproduct of understanding how human beings hurt. God's way. You know, you, you have to step into God to, to sense that and to know that. And see, when the compassion of God begins to move, that word uh, compassion, the root word of it means to surround. The word compass means to surround. Sometimes that's what you sense when the healing anointing's here. You feel it swirling around you and surrounding you. It's almost like a cloud or a blanket. You can just curl up and go to sleep on it. You know, it's, it's just like that. And the compassion of God began to move on Jesus toward this woman. Unless somebody stops it from moving, it'll do its job. Huh? Unbelief will stop it. Preacher pride will stop it. Ignorance will stop it. Many times God's in the midst of us trying to do many things and our ignorance shorts it out. We feel God and we want to jump around and run around the church. I, 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 that ain't no jump around anointing. That's an anointing to sit here and listen for God to tell you the next move to make. You got me? So this is what Jesus does. He's, he waits for God to tell him the next move to make. And he says he touched her hand. And the fever left her. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto them. And when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed of devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that was sick. You cast out spirits with now this is real important for people who like to wrestle with devils. What did Jesus do? He cast out spirits with his word and healed. You got me? So he healed by touch. He cast out with words. Amen. You've got to speak what you want to see done. If you don't feel like speaking it or you don't have the unction to speak it, go pray in tongues some more until you get one. That's what I tell people. Because the power's there. You just got to make it available. You got to bring it up to the, to the ground floor where you are. It's in the basement right now. Well, some people got it. I don't care if y'all get it or not. I'm having a good time myself. Talking about... Jesus healing Peter's mean mother-in-law. 
People think they have to like people in order to help them. You don't have to like nobody. Oral Roberts was leaving a meeting. There were so many people, and he was one of those early um, healing ministers, and he would lay hands on everybody. Years later, he got smart enough to have the more difficult cases in a separate room or a separate tent, and he would have the more difficult cases there, and he had others that he had trained to pray for them. So that if there was somebody that they were struggling with or weren't able, then he could go back there and complete the job. You got me? But, but he had prayed for many, many people, and he was on his way home. They waited and had a little private exit for him to leave out of it. And lo and behold, some lady found out where it was. <laughs> Please, Mr. Roberts, would you pray for me? Brother Oh, would you pray for me? I, I was in the meeting, and I couldn't get up there, and blah, 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 blah. And he was so angry. And he said, okay, be healed. And he was very angry with her. The compassion of God overrode his anger and healed that woman. God told him, he said, I healed her, but you won't get credit for it. God loves us so much that he'll heal us through anybody that's anointed if he can get them willing. You got me? Anointed and willing. And so Jesus laid hands on Peter's sick mother-in-law and she got up and in one translation it says she began to cook dinner for them <laughs> come on now listen you gonna let your mother-in-law lay up there sick and you know she can cook biscuits if she was in see all them now listen let me tell you what it's really about all them disciples been on their way walking there for three days. They said, ooh, when we get to Peter's house, I hope his mother-in-law is there cooking. He got them pots rattling. And, and they look at there, she's sick, huh? You can't be sick on meal, that, huh? And we done passed up four McDonald's and, oh, no, you won't. Bam, get up. Huh? There's a method to some people's madness, too. Amen? <laughs> well, Dorcas, the dressmaker. The Johnny Versace of the day. Huh? You know, some people, they just use their best assets sometimes. Could you imagine all the mediocre-looking sisters that had her real fine clothes when they walk in? People say, ooh, look at her. Don't look at her face. But look at what she looking good. Huh? You mean to tell me they're going to let her lay up there froze dead? I don't think so. Huh? They went over there. Peter went up to the upper room where they had her. They had already started embalming this lady had her laid out on the table, and they would embalm you by putting different spices on you. Well, they didn't know how to inject and drain them, all that stuff they do now. And so <clears throat> they were, had her laid out, so to speak, ready to put some of her clothes on. And, and the women were over there crying, and they invited Peter up there. And he knelt down beside the woman and prayed, and sensed that God was telling him to tell her to get up. And she prayed for her, and she got up. The dressmaker, folks. 
Don't ever think that your gift don't mean nothing. Huh? Don't ever minimize. I don't care what your gift is. A sick woman got up and cooked for him. Cooking's a gift. Dressmaker dies and all these people in the town want her raised up again. Dressmaking's a gift, folks. Don't ever minimize the importance of your gift to raise you from the dead one day if you get stretched out there ahead of time. Huh? These people wanted to live. And I don't want y'all trying no funny stuff on me either. Listen, when I'm gone, I'm gone. I'm going to let everybody know ahead of time. <laughs> don't try it. If you didn't have sense enough to let me teach you how to make gravy before I left here, I ain't getting up and making it now. I did that to one of the old prophets. Who did they do that to? Got him? No, Saul. Remember, went to the witch of Endor. Now, uh, um, Samuel didn't die. Been gone. And Saul so said, if I can get one more prophecy off of the man of God. Huh? Went to a witch and had him call. He was shocked when Samuel popped up out of there, too. He said, what'd you disturb me for? Huh? When people die in Christ, they are at peace. You understand? They don't want to have nothing to do with this world no more. But see, people will yank you like that. One more prophecy, one more biscuit, one more chicken, one more. Don't try it. Huh? Praise God. All right, I'm going to read you one more. <clears throat> in verse 28. When he was come to the other side of the country of the Jergesenes, they met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. Now, I know so a family of people like that when I was growing up. You couldn't walk past their house. I'm serious. Who was that? What, wasn't that? Ain't uh, Dewey's help me out here. The, um, who was them people up there? No, 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 no. The, uh, they live next to the Hortons. The Hunts. Remember, they didn't want nobody going past them old crazy people? No, this was on 100th Street when we were kids. Yeah, way back, before your time. I hate to say it, but it was. But anyway, you couldn't walk past the house. That's like disturbing the whole neighborhood. Nothing but a devil does that, folks. You understand me? And they need to be stopped. So these men were, were you know, they lived in the graveyard. You know, sometimes people like that kind of publicity. Well, they make you sound real big and bad. Ooh, don't go bad. Oh, girl, here he live in the graveyard. <laughs> you know, Jesus don't care nothing about you living in a graveyard. When it's your time to get free, it's your time to get free. He cared more for that man being normal than he did for what he was doing. See, you can keep a lot of people away from you because of your bad behavior. But when God gets involved, he makes everything normal. And he said, they were coming out of tombs exceeding fear so that no man might pass by that way. Behold, they cried out saying, what have we to do with you, Jesus, the son of God? The devils know the Son of God. They know the anointing. Yeah. They know the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Sometimes you'll think you're just a normal Christian struggling, 
And you go somewhere and they get all riled up. And you thought, hmm, I think I got more than I thought I had. I didn't know it was all like that up in me. Or you say, what are we to do with you? Are you come here to torment us before the time? And they, the devil knows, the Bible says he has great wrath. Why? He knows his time is short. He knows about how much time he has. He knows how many things have to be accomplished in God before he, he is thrown into his eternal judgment. He knows a lot of things often that we don't know. And so he says, there was a good way off from them a herd of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him saying, if you cast us out, let us go away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. Now see, that would have been them men if Jesus hadn't cast them out. Eventually, the devil will kill you. That's why I tell people, saints, it always meant, you know, some saints act like they can't quit doing sir. <laughs> I just don't know why. <laughs> it just gets on me. <laughs> you know, if you go read your word and you go look like a nerd like you're supposed to be, we supposed to look like nerds in the world to sinners. We ain't supposed to look like them. Our biggest fault sometimes is wanting to look like something that we're not. Look like you belong to Jesus. Act like you belong to Jesus. Be proud of the fact that you belong to Jesus. You don't have to look. That's the problem with these. We get preachers on television. And Oprah Winfrey manages to get them in her hot seat every time. Why they keep going up in that woman's face? She don't have. That's the stingiest rich woman you ever want to see with certain people. She ain't going to give no Christians her money. And the church gave her her ability to do what she does. They don't do nothing. These people in the world, of rich people world, don't do nothing but steal from the church. She learned how to talk in the church. She learned how to get confident in the church. She learned that she was nice looking in the church. I didn't tell her that. Somebody did. Or she wouldn't be on television on all of them because she must be thinking something I ain't thinking because she don't cover every magazine she ever made. Cheap. Don't pay nobody to get on the... She could pay a top-notch model to sell that magazine. She gets on there herself. But see, people will take from the church. And see, we're trying to downplay who we are and let the enemy steal it. And we look just as stupid trying to look worldly after you're saved. There's something about salvation that cannot be hidden. Sinners, you get around sinners and you think you're camouflaging yourself. And they know, there's something different about you. And what church you go to? You tell me, huh? They'll grill you until they find out what it is. You can't hide who you are. So you might as well look like you belong to God and give up the worldly stuff. It's just an aside. But we got preachers now that want to get up there on television and let her interview them. And all she's going to do is ask them the question. What's your view on homosexuality? Well, I don't have... I don't have a view, but I can tell you God's view. 
and I live by it. And get your Bible out and just read them the Bible. You don't have to tell them anything that you think about anything. Huh? Who they go on there and they're trying to sell books and trying to be popular and trying to blend in with the world and trying not to offend anybody. And then old Phil with the long beard, the daddy on the duck dining, he act like he don't even want to be, he don't care if he's on there or not. You understand what I'm saying? He, he really doesn't care one way or the other if he's on TV or not. And he don't care about that money either. All he care about is that beard and Miss K. And they look, <laughs> and getting them some dinner every night, you know, go to bed, wake up the next day. So I guess they thought they would pin him down. And he told them from Genesis to Revelation. <laughs> Made A&E repent. You know, Christians, we should get sick and tired of paying for everything. We need to start making the devil and his people pay for something sometime. That's right, keep paying my salary. We'll talk about next year's contract. We'll let you know if we want to be bothered with you this year or not. Huh? Well, you know, believers are going to have to win the world anyway. Preachers get up there and they're scared to confront sin anymore. Huh? But if you can live under the power of God, you can get anything you need in this life. You live sin free. You don't have to let sin grip you. You don't have to try and look like the world. You're trying to please the world for it. God bought you out of that place. So Jesus, these devils are begging him to let them stay. Or if we got to go, give us something to live in. The Bible says when unclean spirits are cast out, they go into dry places. And there's, there's no rest for them there. They are actually tormented by their own souls if they can't live in another human being or an animal. And so they compromise with Jesus. He said, go and go and get in the animals. We'll come out of these boys. How many of you know you're worth more than many sparrows? Yes. Amen. Amen. Jesus wants these men free. And they that kept them fled and went to their city and told everything that was befallen the men possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they asked him to leave. I think them guys wasn't the only ones with devils. What y'all think? Huh? Some people don't like too much power around them. They don't like it when you perform miracles. They'll fight you when you perform miracles. They'll try to discredit you when you perform miracles. Some of you, when you leave today, the devil's going to mess with your mind. What was them people doing laying on the floor? Was that real? And all that kind of stuff. Huh? You read your Bible, you'll find out it's real. Huh? We're a breed of people who are coming out of ignorance. And expecting more from God because he's a great God and his mercy endures forever. Amen. Sister McKinney, why don't you stand up and, and tell us that, that God healed you. And, and Sister Johnson. Um, my leg was really hurting. I couldn't stand. When I was 
going back and forth, working my faith. That's the most <laughs> that I moved since Sunday. <laughs> and um, as I was going back and forth, no pain. And while Pastor Barb was up here preaching and she, everything she was saying, I was paying attention because I started feeling tingling and numbness. And when she said, you don't have to pay attention to the symptoms like Lola Falona, I said, okay, <laughs> I'm ignoring that one. And to speak to the symptoms, I started speaking to them under my breath. So I just thank God healing. I, I've been sick and I've been, I'm well. I, well is better. Healed is better. <laughs> I just feel like when Pastor Barbara was talking, I was being healed as I was sitting there listening to her. The power of God, the healing, uh, heat just continued to flood over me. And I believe I am healed and I'm going to Fight the devil and fight a good fight. <laughs> I just wanted to say when Pastor Bart was um, praying over me, she told me that God loved me. And I just thank God that he disturbed her teaching and just made a healing school today. So that really showed me how much on his agenda and how much he loves me that he would just stop what she originally had and stopped everything and just did a healing school. I'll never forget it. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Now we're going to send this, uh, tell, um, is it your, okay, your aunt. Okay, sweetie. Tell her we sorry if it ain't fashion forward in any way, but (laughs) the power of God is on that to heal her. And just have her wear that. And don't let it. I think God uses things in his own way. Loud colors. They'll be scared to try it. It don't blend in with the laundry or anything where anybody can miss it. So we're, we're going to believe with her for total healing for her sister. Amen. Her aunt. Praise God. Amen. 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 Another testimony. Anybody else want to testify? Can talk about the goodness of God. Amen. God is good, and his mercy endures forever. And he doesn't care what I thought I was going to teach today. You understand me? I, I want to obey God. I don't uh, try to have an agenda or want to, uh, you know, oh, she went into the deep recesses of I went deep nowhere. You understand? I was cooking this morning before I came here and believing God for the message. You understand? <laughs> but, <laughs> but we do what we do. So we're going to bless our food, and, and we're going to... Um, uh, move these chairs. We don't have much moving to do. Everything's moved. And I'm just going to release the healing anointing to follow you when you leave here. And, and don't let the enemy steal it from you. And Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the people assembled here. I thank you that you drew them here, Father, by the anointing, by your power. And Father, we thank you for a time of fellowship one with another. Bless our bread and our water. We thank you to take sickness from the midst of us. Thank you, Father, that you are going to have us uh, share an awesome time in your presence today because in your presence there is a fullness of things, 
fullness of the fruit of the spirit of joy and rejoicing of glad tidings and good things that we can share one with another i thank you lord that your presence makes it real for us and we bless you for that i thank you father for the healings that you have given us today i thank you lord for the healings that are working now and that miracles work as we go and we uh, follow you father Many were healed immediately, many were healed as they went, but they were all healed, and we thank you for that. So, Father, I release your power, your healing power, over this body right now. This is your body, Jesus. We thank you to keep us well and keep us healed. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. We are dismissed. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God.